0: Welcome to the Canned Heat
1: Podcast. Hello, planet Earth, the lady told you there on the intro. This is the Canned Heat Podcast. Now, as always, I am your host, the freshly squeezed orange zackety, and I'd like to personally welcome you to episode number four. I've got a jam-packed episode for you here, but before that, we'll start as always. The number to reach us here at the Canned Heat Podcast is 513-580-7273. Again, that's 513 513- 580 Five eight zero seven two seven three. Hit me out on my website, cannedheatpodcast.com. On the Twitters, that's Canned Heat Pod. On Instagram, machine, Canned Heat Podcast. You can find me everywhere Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Anchor, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find me. Obviously, you're listening to me now, so you're on the right track. Keep doing what you're doing. Make sure you stay up to date. Subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. You know how we do it here. We are the number one podcast in the Andromeda Galaxy, and I couldn't have done it without all of you. So we've got a jam-packed episode, as I said earlier, because we had a jam-packed week of wrestling. Uh, we had Wrestle Kingdom 15. We had all the normal WWE, AEW, Impact Programming, Um, So we're going to get into all of that. I also have the long-awaited interview with Delmi Exo of Team C-Star. So I'm really excited to finally have gotten to talk with her. We do a lot of funny things. I think you're going to be excited to hear it. So make sure you stay tuned to that. As I said earlier, we got a jam-packed show. So let's just get right to it. So we're going to go ahead and get the ceremony kicked off with NJPW's Wrestle Kingdom 15, starting with night one. It saw Hiromu Takahashi defeating El Fantasmo to earn a shot at the IWGP junior heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom 15 night two, which is the next night. Uh, the Gorillas of Destiny uh, defeated Dangerous Techers to win the IWGP heavyweight tag titles. Kenta defeats Satoshi Kojima to retain the IWGP US title right. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi beats the great Okan, uh, Kazuchika Okada takes out Will Osprey in an instant classic. That match was phenomenal. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend going back to watch that, but not to be outdone by the main event of the evening, which saw Kota Ibushi taking down Tetsuya Naito to become the IWGP heavyweight champion and intercontinental champion and in what was a freaking amazing match afterward, declaring himself a god. Uh, so that uh, does it for Wrestle Kingdom night one. Night 2's action was quickly underway with Toruyanu beating Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, and Bushi in a four-way match for the King of Pro Wrestling trophy. Uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado defeat Master Watu and Raisuke Taguchi for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight tag titles. Um, Shingo Takagi beats Jeff Cobb for the Never Openweight Championship, so we have two uh, title changes back-to-back there. Uh, Sonato defeating Evil Uh, Hiromu Takahashi beats Taji Ishimori to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. So we had three belt change hands on this night too of Wrestle Kingdom 15, and of course, the main event of the evening, which is supposed to be Tetsuya Naito versus Jay White. Of course, uh, Kota Ibushi ends up wrestling because he defeated Naito in night one, and he defeats Jay White to retain the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and Intercontinental Championship to further cement himself as the god that he has proclaimed himself to be. Uh, My mistake, if I have any errors in any pronunciation, I I sincerely did my best, but I think I got everybody right. Um, It wraps up a great, Two-day pay-per-view for NJPW, an awesome Wrestle Kingdom. These things hit the mark every single year. And Kota Ibushi, wow. Just, this is, I mean, it's been a long time coming for this guy. Uh, You know, turns down contracts in the States to stay with NJPW, really buys into what they're doing and is, you know, putting on phenomenal match after phenomenal match. So hats off to him, getting what he deserves here. Let's see uh, if this reign can take, uh, I think it's going to last all year and into next Wrestle Kingdom. We'll see what ends up happening. Moving into our regularly scheduled programming, we start with Monday Night Raw, January 4th. We started with Ms. TV, Miz and Morrison hosting The New Day. Uh, of course, Teddy Long being that it's Legends Night. play a comes on out and does what Teddy Long does best. Go ahead. Make the tag team match. New Day ends up beating The Miz and Morrison. AJ Styles wrestles Elias again for some reason and wins again. I'm not sure what they're doing with this storyline. He's buried Elias already at this point. And I'm just like, you know, why aren't we pushing Elias in a different direction? He seems to just be doing this... uh comedy thing i mean it try to be a series but it's kind of comical because he doesn't win um i can sound off about that later or maybe on a future episode uh lacey evans and peyton royce defeating oscar and charlotte flair uh rick flair gets involved in this one and uh pretty much costs him the match charlotte of course back to her heel ways um Tells Rick to stay out of her business, pretty much, which is 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 rightful. I mean, she doesn't need her father. She's the greatest uh, women's champion that WWE or wrestling has ever seen. So uh, after that, Matt Riddle defeats Bobby Lashley by pinfall. Um, the referee, I forget what happens to the referee in this one. Now that I'm thinking back on it. But Bobby has the hurt lock in. Matt Riddle actually taps out, but the ref doesn't see it. Bobby being disgusted, gets caught up in a little schoolboy pin or a small package, whatever you want to call it. Um, Matt Riddle ends up picking up the win. Um, Shayna Baszler jumping Mandy Rose before the match could start. Um, Essentially, Dana Brooke comes out and challenges Baszler to a match, which was dumb. Brooke actually, Dana Brooke scores a quick pin um, over Shayna Baszler, which completely surprised me. And I think they have completely neutered Shayna Baszler since getting on the main roster, which sucks. Uh, Cause she could be a badass, but uh, she's just toiling in this weird tag team slash feud thing that's going on. So I hope they get behind her. I actually hope she wins the Royal Rumble. She's my pick. We'll get to Royal Rumble picks so in a couple weeks here. Uh, Randy Orton taking out Jeff Hardy by pinfall. Just being sadistic, doing the thing with his uh, tunnels again and his uh, plugs on his earlobes. It's just disgusting, man. I hate when they when they go there, but uh, it does show how ruthless he is. Lucha House Party. Taking out the Hurt Business. The Hurt Business having a terrible night. Um, that was Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin who lost that match. Um, getting, you know, it's clearly not on the same page. MVP kind of roasting both of them. Cedric saying he doesn't need this shit and he kind of goes up on out of there. Uh, you know, leaving MVP and Shelton Benjamin back there by themselves. We'll see where that goes. They're still the tag team champions. So, yeah, you know, conceivably for the immediate future, they'll be tagging together. But we'll see what that dissension brings. And in the main event of the evening, we saw the WWE Championship on the line between Drew McIntyre and bask in his glory, Keith Lee. I really thought this was going to be the night for Keith Lee. I thought the stage was set. It was perfect. Seriously, we all go in there as fans thinking Keith Lee's going to win. I'm not going to sound off about this now because it's going to come later in the episode. Stay tuned because I'm going to give you my honest opinion about um, what happens here. But Keith Lee takes the loss here, Drew McIntyre retains, Goldberg coming out, Goldberg, Goldberg, I mean, (laughs) whoa, sorry, I forgot I was doing the episode here, Um, I was just falling asleep talking about Goldberg, Um, but that ends a pretty decent Raw, I hated that ending though, god, two weeks in a row, Raw just sucked at the ending, so uh, that'll do us for Monday Night Raw. And, of course, that takes us to our Wednesday Night Wars, starting with WWE NXT on Wednesday, January 6th. We saw Karrion Cross dispatching Damian Priest. It was a pretty good match. I like Damian Priest, but uh, Karrion Cross is just the man. Uh, Santos Escobar defeating Grand Metal League to retain the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Zia Lee defeating Katrina Cortez. Raquel Gonzalez defeating Rhea Ripley in a freaking hellacious last woman standing match this this match was insane I I I highly recommend going back to watch it if you have not watched it yet but these two women absolutely beat the holy hell out of each other uh an intergender tag match or I'm sorry mixed tag because I still don't think WWE is doing men versus women and vice versa but it's like get with the Get with the modern days here. There's no reason not to. But Kushida and Shotzi Blackheart uh, defeat Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. Um, so the way, not really finding their way yet. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. Um, and in our main event, we saw Finn Balor retaining the NXT championship against Kyle O'Reilly. This was a phenomenal match. These two are just top, 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 performers. Everybody thought, you know, Adam Cole was the, the big... Phenomenal wrestler of Undisputed Era, and there's nothing to be taken away from Adam Cole by any means, baby, but uh, he's not the only wrestler there. As a matter of fact, all of them are pretty damn good. I'm not quite as familiar with Bobby Fish's work, but I know Roderick Strong is a fucking beast in the ring. Kyle O'Reilly is a beast in the ring, too, man. He has benefited the most from this you know undisputed era not doing the whole like you know in control of everything anymore i think it's giving him a chance to shine Roderick strong of course was shining when he had the north america championship so he's got an opportunity in the past and and of course adam cole being a long the longest reigning nxt champion so just uh kind of lightning in a bottle with that group we'll see if they keep them together and their success moves on to the main card uh, but otherwise, a phenomenal match. A really, really great card for NXT this week. Uh, so, nice strong start to our Wednesday Night Wars. That brings us to round two of the Wednesday Night Wars. AEW Dynamite. Of course, I'm just going to give you a small recap here for all things review-related. You can head on over to the 100% Elite Podcast. Check out my boy Jeff Engler. He's doing a lot of great things over there. And uh, I think I'm going to be going on there next week uh, for old time's sake to give you my review notes on AEW Dark and Dynamite. So be on the lookout for that. Keep your eyes and ears peeled. But again, head on over there, 100% Elite Podcast. Dynamite got us started with SCU and the Young Bucks defeating the Acclaimed and Hybrid 2 in an 8-man tag match. AEW loves themselves some tag team eight-man tag matches and as I was saying last week tag team rules don't seem to apply to the young bucks so I mean I guess we're just gonna keep doing that it's just weird to me uh, Wardlow and Jake Hager have a slobber knocker of a match and Wardlow goes over on Jake Hager here I really did not see it coming I actually thought Mjf was gonna cost Wardlow the match um, which essentially would cause Wardlow to split from the group and have a have a face run or just go off on his own and be Dominant like he should be doing. But uh, from there, we had Cody taking out Matt Seidel. Snoop Dogg getting involved in this one at the end. um, Hitting the old 420 splash on Serpentico, but really not looking too great. But Serpentico looked like a freaking beast selling that thing. That was a hard, hard, hard move to sell based on the way that Snoop Dogg performed that move. So hats off to uh, Serpentico on that one. Um, I got this next match wrong. It was the AEW Women's Championship match. I thought Abaddon was going to go over, but Hikaru Shida goes over. There's some cool moments, some brutal moments with the biting of the neck and some brutal moves. Uh, But other than that, this match didn't really have room to breathe. I thought it was going to be a lot better. It was a cool match, uh, but we've definitely seen better matches out of Hikaru Shida. I don't know if that says more for Abaddon. Uh, because I think is great. I love me some Abaddon, But I think that these two women can put on a much better match uh, with more time and room to breathe. It just didn't seem as creative as I would have liked it to be. Um, and in our main event of the evening, pitted Kenny Omega against Ray Phoenix with the AEW World Championship on the line. Kenny Omega now being introduced, billed from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Just like our boy Jericho. So no longer uh, being billed from North Carolina. North Carolina. But anyway, this match was great. It was not the first time we've seen them in AEW wrestle each other. I actually don't think that this uh, lived up to their first match, but it was a freaking amazing match. No less. One of my favorite matches uh, so far of the year on AEW. Uh, But we saw Kenny Omega retain the title. Uh, A lot of fireworks after the match. I'll just briefly get into it. The Good Brothers show up. Uh, young bucks come out show out uh looks like the bullet club's getting back together again a lot of notes on that over at 100 elite podcast i won't ruin it go hit up my boy jeff englert over there and he'll give you the lowdown on that but that caps off a great dynamite for this week of course ladies and gentlemen that brings us to the end of the week and friday night smackdown airing on fox for wwe we saw big e versus apollo cruz the first iteration of the match ended in a draw actually a double count out and uh the second iteration of the match saw biggie defeating apollo cruz apollo cruz showing a little bit of an edge so i'm not sure if a heel turns in the works for him i wish everybody would just be heel because as we all know heel is the new face we're starting that here on the candy podcast Uh, the second match i guess I'm not sure if you count the first one as two, but the the action continued with Dolph Ziggler and the glorious Robert Roode taking on the Street Profits for the WWE Smackdown Championships and going over and taking those tag team titles were Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. They looked awesome here. I think the Street Profits are a fun act. I don't like their work between the ropes. So I think it was time for them to give up the belts. Um, I'm really happy to see uh, Ziggler and Rue get another chance here. I think both are phenomenal wrestlers um, and just deserve, uh, deserve, you know, adequate screen time. So uh, from there in our last match of the evening was actually a gauntlet match to determine the number one contender for uh, the WWE universal championship against uh, Roman Reigns. So we saw Rey Mysterio eliminate Sammy Zayn. Uh, next came out Shinsuke Nakamura defeating are eliminating Rey Mysterio. Then Shinsuke Nakamura eliminates King Corbin and then surprisingly Shinsuke Nakamura eliminates Daniel Bryan. So you got to ask yourself, are we having one of those magical runs like Kofi had last year to get himself there not to be outdone by Adam Pearce. After Roman Reigns and his family just clear house, beat the shit out of uh Nakamura and Adam Pearce. They drape Adam Pearce over Nakamura. <laughs> For the 1, 2, 3. So Adam Pierce is now your number one contender. An on-screen authority figure. I like this storyline. We'll get into that later on in this episode. But that will do it for Friday Night Smackdown. <laughs> Alright guys, there's a few things I want to get off my chest to you. The main thing is this Goldberg business. I... I hate this. I, I think that this is such a slap in the face to all the talent that's on WWE's roster. They have so much misused talent. We've been talking about them, you know, in weeks past, your Aleister Blacks of the world, your Almases of the world, or your Andrade's rather, your your Cesaro's of the world, your Shinsuke Nakamura's of the world. You know, just these guys that have so much freaking talent and a lot of charisma, and they're getting upstaged by this old man who's like, you know, not even close to his prime. And when he was in his prime, was nothing special in the ring. He was just literally a lesser version of Brock Lesnar, supposed to be this dominator. And he was, and don't get me wrong. I was a huge Goldberg fan growing up. Uh, My my dad got me into Goldberg. I loved Goldberg. He got me into WCW and it was great at the time, but look, you know, I'm 30 years old now. The man's in his fifties. You know, I just don't understand why he is taking screen time away from up-and-comers. We already saw WWE pull the trigger for Goldberg and have him neuter The Fiend. Just absolutely neuter him. Everything they had done to work him up and build up The Fiend just was completely undone for no, no good reason by Goldberg. And now he comes out after everybody's thinking it's about to be Keith Lee's time to shine. We are about to bask in some glory for Keith Lee because the man freaking deserves it. He's a workhorse in the ring, has done so much to hone his craft and get better. He puts on a phenomenal match. He's a believable champion. And, And it was just his time. The stage was set. And of course, not only does he not go over, we get this stupid fucking Goldberg story shoved down our throat at the end of Raw. You know what? Like I don't even care. Who's next with Goldberg? If Goldberg's going to be on my TV on, on WWE, I'm not going to watch. I'm going to keep giving you guys the results. But th- to me, this is just a slap in the face and not only the locker room, but to the fans. You're sitting here telling us that we're not smart enough to like get behind new guys. You're sitting here telling us that we're not smart enough or we can't be fans without these classic legends. And you think this is the only thing you have going for you. And you're just completely disrespecting all of. All, all, all of the talent that have helped you get through this COVID mess. I hear later on in the week that, of course, this was a booking decision by none other than, you guessed it, an out-of-touch old man and Vincent Kennedy McMahon. The guys just got to go, okay? I'm a Bengals fan, you know, and if anybody else out there is a Bengals fan, you know that we have suffered in futility for so long and we say the same thing Mike Brown's gotta go you know an out of touch old man who has no idea what the fan base wants and only cares about his bottom dollar and I just I just can't support that you know why why get emotional about a company who doesn't give two shits about what I think as a fan and I wish more fans felt like me because then maybe they'd finally change their ways and they'd stop bringing us this bullshit they'd stop bringing us Bill stupid Goldberg you know like He has a contract to wrestle twice a year You're going to put the belt on a guy Who's going to wrestle one other time in the year And effectively take your belt Off TV You did it with Brock Lesnar And that was enough But again Brock Lesnar is a world beater Uh, I I personally love Brock Lesnar um, Because it gives us more Paul Heyman But nonetheless, I'm sick of this Goldberg shit. Get Goldberg off my television. I'd prefer to see Gilberg at this point in my life. I miss Gilberg. but uh, enough of this Bill Goldberg. Enough! Enough of (laughs) him! Now, I've been seeing a lot of bashing online about the decision to have Adam Pearce face Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Now, at first, I was with all of you. I said, that is a curious freaking decision for the same reasons that the Goldberg... Thing is curious. You know, you have all these guys that are super well deserving and just waiting for their shots, you know. But I changed my tune after thinking about it. I was sitting there and I, you know, I thought if Roman Reigns is going to go over, like we all assume he is anyway, we've already seen it at the expense of a great wrestler in Kevin Owens on back to back occasions. And I'm not saying they buried him, but I mean, effectively they did why wouldn't you? This is a great storyline. If you're Roman Reigns and you're a heel, why are you not going to create the path of least resistance in order to retain your title? We saw it time and time again, time in, time out with JBL. We saw it, see it with Brock Lesnar. We see it with all the great heel champions. You know, they just make sure that the easiest path is there for them so they can stroll in, retain the title, and move move on. So I actually really like the storyline. I think it makes perfect sense in the context of being a heel. I think all of you just need to give this storyline time to play out because it'll be interesting to see where it goes. As I say with pretty much everything, uh, but Adam Pearce finding himself in a Universal Championship match. We're going to get that at Royal Rumble, I guess. So uh, they're giving Adam Pearce a shot. The guy's the guy's a good wrestler. I you know I don't know how many of you are familiar with his past, but he can definitely hang in the ropes. You know, I'm sure they're going to play him up to be just this authority figure who has no business being there. Uh, hopefully, they give him a few minutes to get some offense in and show that he is good between the ropes because he is and he deserves it. But uh, hats off to this 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 whole Roman Reigns being a heel thing. I've been shouting for this for years, much like a lot of other guys my age who are who have seen a lot in wrestling. We just know like heel is the new face. I'll say it time and time again. We've been waiting for Roman Reigns heel. This is a great heel move. This is a great heel story. Just the same as the head of the table bullshit. It just pisses you off. And that's what a great heel is supposed to do. So hats off to Reigns. Actually hats off to the creative team for this story. The last thing I want to talk to you canned Heat listeners about is this Marty Scurll news. So we found out earlier this week, uh, I believe it was on Tuesday, that Marty Scurll and Ring of Honor have mutually parted ways. Um, I, I guess that's a nice way to put it. Marty, of course, recently being gobbled up at the Me Too movement. Apparently, these actions supposedly happened pre-Ring of Honor days. I'm not going to propagate uh, the allegations um, because I'm just not going to propagate anything like that on here. All that is available online. I'm sure you can Google it and find out whatever you want to know, but I'm not going to spread any information. I'm just going to give you the news and some things I'm reading and hearing. Uh, there's report reported interest that... Uh, And for WWE, which is undoubtedly uh, something that was going to happen. I'm sure, you know, they're seeing a lot of great talent go to AEW and they just want to make sure that they do what they can to uh, bring talent in. Uh, There's also interest from NJPW, as you could imagine. Um, But I'm hearing Dave Meltzer's reporting that AEW is reportedly not interested. And I don't know if it's just a baggage thing because of the allegations or whatever the thing is concerned. I don't know much about Marty Scurll. Outside of his in-ring work, I think he's great in the ring. I like his character. Um, so I, again, not too sure about his his past or who he is behind the character. But to me, the guys in AEW know him better than probably the guys in WWE, and they don't seem to want to work with him. So you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. Again, I like Marty Skrull. I was a big Big fan of his always uh, in the ring. I was always hoping he'd go to AEW because I thought there were some cool storylines that could come out of that. Especially if you remember on 100% Elite Podcast days when I was telling you I thought Marty Skrull might be the exalted one. Uh, you know, and, and I thought that would have been a cool storyline. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, there's nothing bad that comes out of these allegations. However, if, if if they're found to be true, of course he should be punished and all that. Um, but we'll see where he ends up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the time has finally come. The moment you're all here for, the moment you've all been waiting for. I know you're tired of hearing from me. I know you want to hear from the stars, and I know what you like, and I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to be your dealer here. I'm going to give you a little bit of Delmi XO, but I'm going to make you work for it. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make you work for it. Uh, We had a really fun conversation. This conversation was recorded actually on a phone line. Um, so please give my producer Lucy Fishwell a little bit of credit. She did everything she could to make the quality of the audio as great as possible. So it's not bad for your ears if you're, you know, you're listening in an environment where this is turned up really loud. Still, should be pretty clear. Uh, we have a really fun conversation about how she got her start in wrestling. We have. Fun conversation about LAX or Proud and Powerful, uh, intergender uh, wrestling. And then we get kind of get into a face off of who's better at certain things between her and her sister. She makes all the choices, and there's some really fun conversations that come out of it. So I hope you all enjoy, without further ado, my interview with Delmi XO. All right,
2: Canned Heat Podcast listeners, as promised, we have a very special guest today. I've been really waiting to get her on for a while now on my old podcast. I gave her her and her sister a shout out on my homework on our homework segment that we would do on that. So I had you guys go watch a Team C Stars match. So I'm really excited to welcome today, Delmi Exo. Delmy, how are you?
0: Hi, I'm doing great. Oh my god, I can't believe you gave us a shout out. What match was it?
2: Oh, you know what? I I even said to myself last night, go back and listen to that podcast. so I can make <laughs> sure that I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was Volume 115, which we'll actually get into here. Um, so we'll just start there. You and your sister. Ended the legendary 370-day title reign of Mercedes Martinez and cheerleader Melissa in an awesome match at volume 115, after just falling short at 109 a few months prior. And then not only that, went on to defend the titles twice that same weekend for 116 and 117. And so I'm just thinking that must have been such a whirlwind, whirlwind that whole weekend. Why don't you describe what that was like?
0: Um. So actually a crazy weekend for me and Ashley. We had signed ourselves up for a four-day weekend starting on Wednesday or starting on Thursday. We wrestled at Bar Wrestling for the Halloween show and then from there we flew in to do Rise, which is the show before Shimmer weekend and it kind of starts everyone off and then we did two matches on each days of Shimmer. Oh (laughs) That's what we signed up for. We had no idea we were going to even be able to get the title. Like, uh, Honestly, you don't know your matches going into Shimmer. You kind of find out when you get there. Um, We knew Hot Scoop Skyler and Davian, um, our best friend Davian, were going to be there. And so we were hoping to wrestle them, and they got to set us off uh with a win mm-hmm. that weekend and so that whole weekend for us was just like kind of like a high because it was just like good match after good match and even to come out with the belts was just hey like we're getting our like we're getting our groove like we're getting this whole like sea stars thing that we started back a year ago like coming back into it and like we're getting into and like learning how to perfect this
2: yeah yeah and team c stars has been wonderful you know a lot of people have taken i would say relatively silly sillier style gimmicks um you know you and your sister seem to have a ton of fun with what you do um and and sometimes they just don't stick but the the internet wrestling community has really seemed to have taken a liking to you guys so that's got to be pretty cool um you know, it's wild, actually. We were talking about that match. You guys have since surpassed that 370-day mark now. Um, and in that time, you also became the inaugural Battle Club Pro Tag Team Champions. How did Battle Club Pro come about to you guys?
0: Um, So Battle Club Pro was – it was actually a funny time when we got to, like, debut <laughs> for that area <laughs> um, because Battle Club and a few other promotions, such as Wrestlers Laboratory, all worked together. Um, they'll all rent out the same venues and the same ring to kind of like build the area over in New England and, I mean, uh, New Jersey and New York. And so we had come into Joe Kim's kind of, that's the promoter of Battle Club. We had come into his like, uh, spotlight of who he should book. Actually, the week before we were going to debut for Shimmer, um, me and Ashley had it tagged for maybe like months. Like Sea Stars was kind of dead. Um, we were kind of trying to work on our own single stuff, trying to get better in the ring. And then we got reached out by Shimmer and it was kind of like nerve wracking. Like, we don't, we don't know what we're doing yet. <laughs> like, we haven't perfected this. Um, so we, I made wrestling gear for us, like tag gear. And then we managed to get a booking before Shimmer with Wrestler's Lab. And so we trained really hard with Team Mad, who has been tagging together, and they've worked together for a long time. So they really understood tag team wrestling. And we really just spent months training with them every week, just trying to get, like, tag team wrestling under our belts, like trying to think of, like, the best spots, trying to think of, like, transitions like psychology all these things that like we hadn't been practicing and so we had a match against the diamond dogs and it was so nerve-wracking we were in the middle of trying to go over it and our music started playing (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) and somehow I don't know what it was like adrenaline but we all just killed it like we all just put in so much effort into that match. And so Joe Kim kind of saw us and like at this point we had been working on tag team wrestling, but we hadn't like shown it in front of a crowd. So from going from like really bad tag team wrestling cuz I'll say that about C-Stars like we, when we started off tagging, we had really like awkward matches, like the dynamic wasn't there yet. We were having matches with people who weren't tag teams. And so it, it wasn't like the best matches like the chemistry and like entertainment wise like it was just missing pieces and so after months of like not wrestling and then coming back and like we had all this training under our belts together it just like being like wait what like (laughs) that's like that's like a decent tag team (laughs) right I do not say good because like we hadn't you know we hadn't perfected it but like we and working with Diamond Dogs and like a tag team that had been doing it for a while really helped us. And so Joe Kim saw that he saw a lot of potential in us, and he kept giving us different opportunities. I mean, with him, we got to wrestle Ortiz and Santana, um, Pride and Powerful, and that was another thing. Like that was just like an unspeakable goal. ever. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off on that answer because that's something we'll get into later for sure. Talking about that. Um, Yeah, that particular match in general. But, you know, what's great about you guys uh, is your personalities are so infectious. Um, You know, you talk about opportunities that have been have been given to you. And and one of the better known opportunities that um, I think is more mainstream is the opportunity that Team C-Stars has had on impact. Um, in the past, in the past month or so, you know, and I'm sure that that's been keeping you pretty busy. We talked about your shoot schedule a little bit via email. How did how the heck did that opportunity come about, and what has that increased exposure been like for you guys?
0: Um, so I didn't really know why they reached out to us. Um, I kind of found out after when we got there. <laughs> um, I was ab- <laughs> I know right. Uh, I was about to go to sleep. And I normally never check my phone. Like I'll put it on silent mode because uh like you mentioned, my shoot job, I work mornings. Um, so I will wake up at like four thirty in the morning to go into work. And wow. so yeah. <laughs> <don't worry. laughs> um so I have to put my phone on do not disturb because if I have, even if you get like a light, your phone will buzz. And so that's gonna like, kind of keep you up because you're like, ooh, what's happening? <laughs> so I was about to go to sleep, and Ashley texted me, like, just the screenshot of the email. And I just, like, I freaked out. I was like, I can't go to sleep now. I have to go work out. Oh, my God. Like, I have so much to prepare. Um, right, so, right. So, like, yeah, I, I was just like, I think we had a month out from it. And I was like, yes, of course. Like, I'm down for it. Like, we're we're doing it. Like, I don't care if, like, work needs me. Like, I will find a new job. Right, right. <laughs> um, and so we got uh, the days off, and then we were kind of waiting for a while because they hadn't gotten back to us about, like, flight situations. So I wasn't telling anyone for a long time. Something about me is, like, if I have an opportunity coming up, I will not talk about it. Uh, until it gets announced because I just don't want to jinx anything. And I'm very like superstitious when it comes to that. So I wasn't telling anyone. And my boyfriend who also is a wrestler has a big mouth. And so I was (laughs) like, I swear, if you tell anyone, I will hurt you so badly. (laughs) So he struggled keeping it a secret. Um, And then when we finally got to tell like our friends, because, finally things were like they announced us it was crazy it was like wait a minute like when were you gonna tell me this and i was like oh, Ah <laughs> surprise.
2: right and um, well well that's the thing is like it seems like you know everyone's gonna want to be want to be around you guys i mean your circle is a lot of good things going obviously you know you and your sister are doing uh big and great things your sister's partner has been showing up on aew recently which has been awesome she's a badass as well Um, and with that said, I mean, you guys, I think, debuted in 2014 or 15. Um, since then, you've been in the ring with a lot of great and well known performers and even a few legends. I would, I'm going to ask you the cliche question who has left you the most awestruck and what was that like going through your head at that time?
0: Oh, man. The most awestruck? I would have to say um, Santana and Cheese because the reaction that they got from the crowd walking out mm-hmm. and then the reaction they had uh, as they were doing, like, their goodbye speech.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: cried in the ring. Oh,
2: right, <laughs> right. The whole world
0: knows that. <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, well, I was crying just because, you know, like, they have a similar story to me and Ashley. and like, growing up and, like just kind of struggling through things and so seeing them be able to make it it motivates you like to try and like all right well like they did it and like I've seen where they've come from I've seen where they started like I know I can make it if I just like stay persistent
2: enough sure sure they're awesome. And, you you know, that answer kind of uh, led us perfectly into this next little section. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about some word associations. And, actually, you call them proud and powerful. But the first word association I have for you is LAX. What do they mean to you?
0: LAX. I would say kind of like a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, when I hear LAX, I, my brain thinks of Team Kazuzu because just, like, I saw Team Pazuzu first, and then they turned into LAX. Right. So I think about, like, all those guys who were, like, so close and, like, the dynamic they had whenever they were in a crowd. Like, it's just, like, that's something I want. Like, Mm -hmm. you want that recognition of, like, and, like, a lot of people kind of want to be, like, a singles wrestler, and they're always, like, oh, like, I want to be the Hogan. But I think, like, there's something just so fun about, like, factions and, like, Groups it like it just seems like something you want to be a part of.
2: Yeah, and I think oh, yeah.
0: everyone can relate to that. Like everyone wants like that group of friends that's like iconic and stuff like that.
2: <laughs> right. So
0: I always think of that.
2: Right, and all all friends group have a nice circle of personalities, which you know, typically when uh, in any promotion that they can find a faction that has that circle of personalities that. May not all be similar on all fronts, but just come together and create like a harmonious, uh, you know, group, which is really great. They, um, the, Santana and Ortiz, they said some beautiful things after that match. Um, and they, they really elevated Team C-Stars. They built you guys up. That was a phenomenal match, by the way. I think you guys went about 20 minutes or so, or just under 20 minutes. Um, what was that like hearing that? Was that, uh, did you expect that? Did you know that was going to happen?
0: Um, I didn't know, actually. Um, me and Ashley were heading to get out of the ring, and then I don't remember who told us to get back in. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, my, you kind of, when your adrenaline kind of fades out, you kind of just like are like shaky, I guess. So I was like kind of shaky, um, just because we had finished the match, and I didn't know what the reaction would be because I knew. I knew match-wise they were going, they decided to change the finish and make us kind of go over and mm-hmm. match. Um And they kind of told us that in private. Um Originally, we were supposed to go under. And so they were like, oh, like, no, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and so, like, that in itself is nerve-wracking. Um, and I just always, like, in me... Um, I always assume something I do is going to be bad until I hear like the critique from it. I'm always like, okay, like what did I do wrong? I'm like looking for like what I can improve right away. Um, so I think in me, I was ready to head back and be like, okay, like what happened? Like, what was that? Okay. Like, was this okay? Like, and there's like this, just this whole moment of you hearing it right there in person in front of a crowd and from someone like you idolized so much.
2: Oh, I'm sure that was fantastic. It was, it was beautiful. You know, I spent, uh, you know, time talking to mother endless who does a lot of intergender wrestling. Um, and just to hear, hear what Santana and Ortiz had to say about that, about, you know, not seeing gender, not seeing race, religion, creed or anything like that when they're standing across the ring and they essentially only see warriors was, was quite the compliment for you and your sister, I'm sure. And that's, you know, it it wasn't the two of your, two of you guys together. It wasn't your first intergender match. Um, I'm a big proponent of intergender wrestling. I think it, it opens up the door to a lot more storylines, uh, a lot cooler storylines and and just on a mainstream level, I don't think it's something that has been explored to its fullest obviously. Um is that something that you want to continue doing in your future? Uh even, you know, as you might move more mainstream with the promotions that you're working for, is that something that you hope to continue?
0: Yeah, I love um I love that I get the opportunity for intergender a lot easier now. Um, I would say it's like 50-50 for me. Like 50% I'm wrestling guys, 50% I'm wrestling girls. And, I mean, obviously I love women wrestling, um, women's wrestling, but there is like a handful of girls that I'm like I want to wrestle all the time Mm -hmm. because I just know like the dynamic is there. Um, And then there's a bunch of girls that I haven't even, like, wrestled. And I'm like, when am I going to wrestle them? Like, Kimberly, <laughs> I have never wrestled Kimberly one-on-one. I'm like, how? <laughs> like, this is not fair. I should not have had to wait this long. Um, but for, like, intergender wrestling, I kind of like it because, in a way, like, males wrestling has always been kind of, hard to break out into um Mm -hmm. it's really hard to stand out as a guy nowadays because it's so competitive and so i think when you incorporate intergender that can actually be really good for the guy because women kind of have more of a following and so if a fan were to tune into one of my matches and i'm wrestling someone who they haven't heard of because they just haven't been able to break out but they're good but they just can't get like the hype behind them. I feel like it kind of helps them out because then a fan can be like, oh, wow, like that person is actually really good. I'm going to look more into them. And so I like it for that reason of the guy is um, kind of getting brought into more opportunities as well because it's really hard for guys to separate themselves nowadays. It's really easy for girls. I think girls are really good with like characters and just, like, differentiating in looks. But for guys, it can be really hard.
2: Sure, sure. And it forces – I would tend to think that it would force uh, the male performer in the match to, you know, think about a match differently, thus changing the in-ring psychology, which, you know, they can then in turn bring into a match with another guy, you know. So it it just – it seems like it hones everybody's skills all the way around. Am I right with that?
0: Yeah, I think it, like – brings out the best in both competitors. Um, the guy can't just be like, oh, let's do up and over leapfrog. <laughs> like, drop <Right. jump> down. <laughs> <into this. laughs> like It's like, you can think of fun things to do. And then you can also think of, like, intense things to do because everyone likes the dynamic. It's almost like a size dynamic most of the time. And, like, that's such an easy story to tell. Right,
2: right. and And the thing is, like, when watching you know matches that you've been a part of I, or intergender matches in general i think the best ones are like when it's not really discussed too much you know where they where the announced team or whomever doesn't spend as much time talking about the differences between the competitors as much as they do the likenesses and the similarities and i think that that story is just awesome i think it's it's fantastic and i hope we get more of it um i was going to do another wordplay with you uh and i was just going to ask you about your sister more than anything so instead of doing that wordplay i just want to ask you you know, you guys have accomplished a lot of great things, uh, in, in your very short careers thus far, which hopefully are going to be very, very long and prosperous, as I'm a huge fan. What has that been like going through this with your sister? And the reason I'm changing and asking this question is, cause I didn't know that you guys had kind of split up and were, you know, at the, not necessarily split up, but focusing on your singles wrestling, as you alluded to earlier in our conversation. So now that you guys are back together and you're, uh, you know, the, the, um, I think you guys have championships on three different um, promotions. Correct me if I'm wrong. You have Battle Club, Shimmer, and then I think Sabotage as well. Correct? Yes. What is that? What has that been like going through with your sister?
0: Um, it's really crazy uh, because I mean, like it's kind of unheard of for women to get like from when we were, had started training. Like there were no opportunities for women's tag team wrestling. Um, And it was something that people were just like, oh, you're, like, going to kind of waste your time on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to see us kind of be, like, stubborn with it, like, no, like, it's going to make sense. And, like, (laughs) ah, it's going to work. Like, we wanted it so badly from when we were kids. Like, we would always play video games and, like, we would tag against, like, the computers. Like, we always wanted to be a tag team. And so to see it, like, catching steam and, like, working is, like insane um it's nice to have the same like opportunities as she has because I mean we started this journey together and like to be accomplishing the same amount of stuff together it just kind of makes it special Mm -hmm. I think if I was tagging with anyone else it wouldn't be the same it's just like she gets me I get her we have the same mannerisms and like the same kind of (laughs) like inside jokes and stuff so it's just such a it's a fun time and to travel with her all the time is like it's just the perfect situation in my opinion maybe she hates me
2: (laughs) (laughs) i i have a a twin sister myself and i I mean we love each other tremendously but uh, i imagine if we spend as much time as you you two do together we might uh we might hate each other a little more so um anyway that's um you know that's pretty much all i've got for you for this normal interview what i'd like to do is i think i want to ask you like the fastest 20 questions i've ever asked um and it's going to be comparative between you and your sister so all these questions are going to be you know your first answer that comes to mind between you and your sister does that make sense yep Mm -hmm. awesome we're going to start off easy uh with some generic questions and then these are in no particular order okay tell me between you and your sister who is funnier me who is faster
0: me (laughs) <laughs>
2: Who's a better swimmer?
0: Oh, we both can't swim, but <laughs> but I actually learned how to swim recently.
2: I think so.
0: I got to practice a few more uh, times, but I would say me because yeah. I'm pretty sure I learned.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to do that because you guys have a lot of nautical themed stuff with Sea stars, so you'll have to learn to swim. Um, who would be better in a rowboat? In a rowboat? Yes.
0: I don't know what that is, so I'm gonna say her. to <laughs> Who likes
2: who likes peanut butter more?
0: Me, definitely me.
2: Awesome! I love peanut butter. Who would be better on Survivor? Me. Who would you be most likely to catch Netflix binging? Ashley. Who's the better driver?
0: Her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, at least you're honest with yourself away, right? Um yeah. Who's better? Who's better at Scrabble? Me. This is <laughs> dyslexic, so
0: <laughs> so I'm going to tell her you
2: said that. All right, we're halfway through. Who can hold their breath the longest?
0: Uh, I think we both can. Actually.
2: Who can who can shotgun a beer the fastest? She can. <laughs> hey, hey! Look at that. Who has bigger feet? I do. <laughs> Who's a better student?
0: Who's a better what?
2: Who's a better student? Oh, me oh there you go (laughs) (laughs) oh man you're you're exposing all of her secrets so it sounds like her and I need a shotgun and beer together too Um, who's the black sheep of the family me I
0: think I don't know we're both we actually are both black sheep to the rest of the cousins so
2: (laughs) hey like I said you're self aware that's great Um, just a few more here who likes dogs more Oh, we both do hey i love dog people so that works um who's most afraid of roller coasters her who's most afraid of haunted houses her <laughs> who was most likely to cheat on a test her <laughs> <laughs> two more who's the most musically talented me there you go and then last one who can eat the most oreos in one minute
0: we both don't like Oreos.
2: <laughs> really? oh Yeah, I you,
0: eat two and then I'm good for like a month.
2: Oh, we were we were so good. You said you love peanut butter. I was about to talk to you about <laughs> dipping your Oreos in peanut butter. But dang, God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's, a,
0: yeah.
2: that's okay. That's okay. Uh, that's that's all I've got for like you know my my prepared questions. But um you said you're more musically talented. Do you play any instruments?
0: No, it's actually funny you asked that, and then I was like, well, she learned how to play the guitar, but she hasn't played since high school, Mm
1: -hmm. and then
0: I'm a better singer. So I think it's me, because I still can sing, but I don't think
2: she can still play guitar. (laughs) Yeah. Who's older? I don't don't know. (laughs) Who's older between you guys? She is. Oh, wow. She's seven years apart, actually. You know, I was looking for that all over the internet to try to find out. and I just, I don't know why. That just was not readily available information. So I just wanted to, yeah, just wanted to you ask I you. I put that. it on our Twitter bio. <laughs> yeah, certainly. So, you know, that again, that's about all I've got for you. Um, what I'd like to do at the end of this is essentially uh, give you as much time as you'd like to promote whatever you got going on. If you want to lead our listeners to, you know, anywhere in particular, so they can check out what you got going on. The floor is yours.
0: Yeah, of course. This is Delmi Delmiexo. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, Twitter, at DelmeXO. And then I do have a Patreon where I post bar videos, Uh, patreon.com slash DelmeXO. Cosplays are coming back, so that's exciting, depending on who you ask.
2: Um. (laughs) Yeah, you got the Harley Quinn coming back, I saw.
0: Yeah, and I have one planned for uh, this weekend, wrestling related. So, very excited about that.
2: That's wonderful. And where, and where did you uh, did you give me your Twitter handle and uh, Instagram handle?
0: Yes, I did, sir.
2: Awesome. I'll have to. I guess I must have missed that. So, anyway, uh Delmi, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. I know our audience is really going to enjoy uh, listening to this interview. So, um, without further ado, I hope you have a great day.
0: Thank you too. Uh, thank you for having me on here. You have one new message. Qualified by our booking system to receive an all-inclusive complimentary stay. For further details, press zero now. To be placed
1: on the do not call list, press two now. (laughs) What in the world? Lucy, how did that one get through there? Make sure you press two on that message for me.
0: You have one new message.
2: Well, well, well. First off, fuck you. Second off, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, the greatest wrestler of our generation. Goldberg has made his return, and we all rejoice. And if you ask me, it's exactly what these youngins need. Give them whipping them into shape here. You know, show them how it's really done from a true professional champion. A true professional champion. Keep showing me the love there on the Internet.
1: Hashtag the Piss is really taking off, y'all. Hashtag kiss the piss. Lucy, I swear, we're going to fight. I'm going to I'm gonna drive out to L.A. Ladies and gentlemen, my producer, her name's Lucy Fishwall. She is out in L.A. producing this thing remotely for her. And I'm about to get in my car to come out and fight you for letting K-Piss keep getting through these lies. I have no freaking clue who this guy is. I think he's hilarious. I'm pretty sure he's, like, just doing a character. I don't know if he's real or not. Um, but he has horrendous takes. I was just telling you how big of a bullshit move Bill Goldberg being back on WWE programming is, and my producer Lucy, who's supposed to be on my team, is letting this fool through these airline airwaves here. So do better next time, Lucy. We're gonna find you, K. Piss. We're gonna have a conversation because you got some bad takes. It sounds like you don't know a damn thing about wrestling, and you're stuck in the past. But you know that's. I I guess that's just who some people are. But uh, it's been quite a fun show for you, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's going to do it for us this week. As long as it's okay with Lucy. Come on now. Um, but as always, you can find me, like I said, on my social medias. That's Canned Heat Pod on Twitter, Canned Heat Podcast on Instagram, www.cannedheatpodcast.com. Gives you all the links. The phone number, as always, is 513 580 7273. That's 513 580 7273. Wear that line out so Lucy will stop putting K Piss on our airwaves. I do not like it. Just help me out here, guys. Leave me some more messages. Leave me some more reviews. Give me some things that you like, some things you don't like. You want to talk shop, talk shit. I'm here for all of it. Again, 513-580-7273. My uh, audio, of course, was produced by none other than Beats McGreevy, Patrick C. Wright. You can find him on Instagram at Patrick C. Wright. That's right with a W. Host of his own podcast, MFM Block. Check that one out. It's really cool. Again, for all things AEW related, hit up my my boy Jeff Englert on the 100% Elite Podcast. I think I'm going to be on there next week with him for old time's sake. We're going to be having a good old time, hanging out, talking things all AEW. But of course, we'll be back next week for episode five. I'm going to bring you a special interview with photographer extraordinaire, Mouse. He does some awesome photos. I had a really cool conversation with him about all things wrestling and his family. You're not going to want to miss it. I'd like to give a huge shout out to Delmi Exo. Thank her for getting on here with me. Uh, it's a huge boost for me. I really, really have enjoyed watching her over the last couple of years, and just super stoked to finally get to talk to her. I could keep babbling on on here, guys. One last thing: five one three. 580 7273. Subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re rate, re review. K piss go F yourself. That'll do it for us. See ya. I wish you knew what I knew. I wish you
0: saw what I saw. I wish you felt what I felt
1: best. We don't get a ball. I wish you
0: knew what I knew. I wish you saw what I saw. I wish you could go back to what we had it's gone. I wish you knew what I knew. I wish you saw what I saw. I wish you felt what I felt best. We don't get a ball.